from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I, I didn't attend the pro day. You know, right now with the restrictions, there's only you can have three staff members from each organization attend. And uh, we felt and I felt uh, that it was very important to get the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback coach to that workout. I've had the privilege of seeing him play multiple times. So for, for us as an organization to prioritize our coaching staff being there, I thought was, was instrumental and, and, and very important. That is Jaguars general manager Trent Baalke uh, talking today to the media. And, again, not super revealing, but it's good to hear from the Jags brass a week ahead of the free agency. And uh, we'll see exactly where that goes and what direction. Again, less revealing today, a little bit more revealing yesterday with Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Jags. Brett Martin, oh, back here at Sawgrass Country Club. Uh, we are at the Paul and Michelle Tesori All-Star Kids Clinic. Uh, it's just getting underway. We had Brittany Lintz come on just a short time ago. Bubba Watson and Webb Simpson about to join us here in just a few. We'll talk some football, and then we might interrupt it to try to get these guys on. Right now they're addressing the crowd, and so we're just juggling commercial breaks and their time uh, to get them on for a few minutes here during Players' Championship Week. Our live coverage from the Players' Championship this week brought to you by Talon Wealth Management. Brett Martineau here, Austin Lane, back in the studios. I'm probably juggling your eating time right now. Uh, Austin. No, man, you're all good because, you know, it's kind of the easy part of the week anyway, so it's not like I got to <laughs> eat at a certain time to get ready for my training because obviously my training's going to be pretty easy this year. So we're all you, good, man. Don't worry about you, it. You eat more or less this week? Uh, Probably a little more because it's kind of like a carb loading phase. So um, I, I, uh, my secret is pretzels. I eat a lot of pretzels, actually. Really? Yeah. Because, That's I mean, they're, they're the pretty easy snack food and they have a lot of carbs to them. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, well, Let's talk some football for a few minutes before we get these guys on. Who do you want in free agency now? We know Leonard Williams isn't available. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, those guys all got tagged. We know Hunter Henry exists out there potentially. Now listen, these guys could get re-signed by their respective teams. John Smith looks like he said it's a free agency. I think those are two guys that we clearly both said yesterday. It'll feel like the Jags lost free agency if they don't get one of them. So we'll rule those guys out for now. On your target board... Like, where does your board go after Leonard Williams, after the tight ends? Like, is there a position that you see has some depth that you think the Jags can really get help in? Or is there now more of a player potential target uh, in terms of spending some big bucks on him? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because before I answer that question, you know, you got to bring up the point that Balky made in his press conference today. And he mentioned the word value, I think, a couple times. He did. And we've seen value when he was in San Francisco. And what I mean by that is when guys had, like, you know, major knee injuries, you know, he would bring them in on a discount, obviously. Because obviously if a guy's coming off a major surgery, there is some value there because usually they drop in the draft uh, or they're not that coveted in free agency. So that term value... Value really stood out to me a lot. And when you think about value, and you brought this guy up yesterday a little bit, I think Will Fuller would be a value pick. Um, I think John Brown coming out of Buffalo, who's a speedster who just got released, uh, who's one of probably the fastest receivers in the NFL, I think that could be a quote-unquote value pick. Now I'm not saying those are the right guys because you know how I feel about Will Fuller, but I thought it was interesting today that one of the the, the key phrases I took away from that press conference was the, the term value. 
Yeah, that's a good call, man. And what does value mean can be interpreted a couple of different ways. And uh, you know, I was thinking about you as a player during this when I was listening to that because I don't know if guys during free agency, especially, I feel like. And, and this is disrespectful to the player, but this is kind of like it's like a commodity, you know. It's like you get put in this like column where, okay, is is that a good buy at the grocery store? Sure, I mean, sure. Those yeah. are the comps we make. I, we're talking about real people here, folks. We're talking about real lives. Yeah, yeah. And so where does that value lie? And often people value themselves more than somebody else might value the the team or or the buyer. And I think that. What the Jags do here sets the table in a lot of ways. Sure, they have a lot of money. The cap's down to 182. The Jags have advantage of that because they have plenty. Other teams are cutting guys. Kenny Vaccaro gets cut by the Titans today because they have to shave dollars. They might lose good players, players they want to keep. The Jags are not in that position. It's an enviable position. But how much they spend, what kind of player they go after, what kind of risk they go after in terms of age, in terms of injury, in terms of personality traits. I think this is a really going to be a fun watch to see what Urban especially is thinking, what Shad Khan's signing off on, and what Trent Baalke and his staff are bringing to the table, Austin. Without a doubt. And we talked about this a lot, you know, in terms of priorities of free agency, it's got to start the defensive tackle position. Urban Meyer even said it himself. You want to start in the trenches on defense and work your way out. And I believe that. Um, I say this all the time. I think the game of football, regardless of how pass-oriented it is now, is still one and lost in the trenches. So when we talk about the trenches, we talked about a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson uh, out of the Giants who can definitely stop the run, seems to play, play with a little bit of a mean streak, fits that Joe Cullen mode, and in my opinion, what Joe Cullen is looking for. Um, also, Urban Meyer alluded to the fact that he's going to trust his position coaches or his coordinators to bring guys in. Well, there's going to be a lot of guys coming from Baltimore that have a lot of experience with some players from Baltimore. Matthew Judon is a guy who is a free agent right now. Didn't get his contract that he wanted. Um, I believe did. I think he's a free agent now officially, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, he will be in March. He, yeah. he will be, As yeah. the season starts. Yeah. Because then he's a franchise taking him in Baltimore. Now, is he a necessity? Well, you have Caleb on chase on. Obviously, Josh Allen, they've already spoke his praise. Is, but Matthew Judon's a guy I can see that they bring in just for a depth perspective or maybe starting over Chase on right away until Chase on gets more comfortable because, once again, a lot of those guys know who Matthew Judon is. How many guys do you need at that outside rusher spot? You know, I, Does it change at all? Like when I think 4-3 scheme and I think pass rusher, you could have four of those guys that you'd love. Uh, not many teams do. You you have two that you love, and maybe you have solid backups. You know, even Houston in those years, right? They had uh, they were running Watt out there yeah. at times, merciless and Clowney out there, and, and probably others I'm missing. And it was a nice trio of rushers that you have. You want depth. Uh, the whole thing is you want eight along the way. So, uh, is that the same thing with these outside backers, or do you need as much? Uh, uh, depth in terms of waves? Will they split playing time as much, do you think? Like, is it good to have, say, a Judon, an Allen, and a Chase on? Or will somebody well, be complaining about playing time? No, I mean, somebody might be complaining about playing time, but keep in mind, in a 3-4 defense, and this isn't going to apply to maybe Chase on or even Judon if Judon was to come here, but usually the way it works in carrying a roster is if you go with a true 3-4 defense, you need a lot more linebackers in terms of um, special teams and things like that because keep in mind, you carry an extra defensive tackle or defensive end because now you have three guys instead of two, 
right in a base package of a 4-3 defense, you have two defensive tackles and two defensive ends. Well, now you need three defensive tackles out there at the field at the same time when we're talking about a 3-4 defense. So it kind of changes up your roster a little bit. So there will be more linebackers here. And from a depth position, when you are worried about getting to the pass rusher, I mean, base packages, let's be honest here, you're probably in for 30%, maybe 35%. So they're going to have their NASCAR packages. They're going to have their exotic blitzes. And that's when, you know, Judon, Chason, and Josh Allen can all find themselves in the field at the same time. Because I think last time I checked, Matthew Judon's kind of a big-bodied guy. I want to say he's like 260, maybe 270. So I can definitely see him going on to three technique and playing there like in a NASCAR package as they call it no doubt about it hey we're going to break from the football talk for a moment we're going to welcome in webb simpson 2018 players champ with us right here on action sports shacks on espn 690 at paul tesori michelle tesori's all-star kids clinic always a regular here across the street from tpc sawgrass and uh, good to have you man thanks for stopping by yeah my pleasure uh this is obviously a, a great friend of yours yep. he's your caddy paul tesori you guys have an unbelievable relationship can you talk about this event, what they've been able to do? Little Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, the Tesoris are just awesome people. They're awesome people. Uh, I've been blessed to have him caddy for me since 2011. Um, and we do have a working relationship, but even more than that, he's a better friend um, than he is caddy, even though he's an unbelievable caddy. Um, and, yeah, the, the Tesoris, you know, through their story with Isaiah, you know, the Tesori Family Foundation, how they've made an impact in Northeast Florida, continue to do so and continue to grow, continue to affect more and more people every year, and then persevering through the last year and making the effort to have this event. You know, everyone's trying to say, stay safe, but, you know, people want to be outside, people want to see golf. So that's been really fun to see, and um, I love this day. How unique is your relationship with Paul, caddy player? You said it. You have a professional yep. relationship. I'm sure there are times where everybody has professional relationship, and it might not go well during a day. Yeah. But do a lot of guys have the personal relationship, or is yours a little extra special? I think ours is extra special. I mean, I think most player caddies get along well. Um, but I think it's rare to have your caddy be you know, one of your closest friends in the world. Um, we don't live in the same city, but we're together eight, nine hours a day on the road. Um, and, you know, we, we stay together at tournaments. Uh, we love being around each other. And, and that's an added bonus. Even if you have a good working relationship, you know, we, we like hanging out. And I think that makes our professional relationship better because, you know, I think we can be more open and honest about, you know, my role as a player, his role as a caddy, and how we can get better. Webb Simpson with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. That place across the street looks pretty darn good. Yeah. A lot of guys we talked to, I talked to Tyler McCumber yesterday, he said, he grew up around here. Yeah. That's the best it's ever looked. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it gets better and better. What's your take on the course over there this week? Yeah, I said it's it's one of the best conditioned courses I've ever seen. Um, they've done an unbelievable job. It's it's as close as close to perfection as I've ever seen. Um, so I'm, I'm loving this weather. I'm loving the lack of rain the golf course is is playing fast and it's going to get faster so it's going to be a tough challenge this weekend is there a calm about you on this course now after 2018 and what you were able to do yes i think i i learned then that this golf course anyone can win um any style player we've seen bombers win we've seen short hitters win tim clark kuchar myself but then you've had the stinson's tiger woods uh the guys who hit it really far so um, I love golf courses like that that I feel like are a level playing field. Um, and certainly 
you know, in March it's a little different than May. The golf course isn't as fast, but we're we're, we're going to trend towards May a little bit more this year than than last year. And two more quick questions for you. I feel like there's a calm about you in your golf game in general, not yeah. about this course since 2018. Now I might be off just a bit because you maybe were playing some good golf leading in, and it might even have started earlier than that. We've had some conversations with you after you won. Yeah. But is there this confidence? There this hey, I know I'm going to go out and do this, rather than a curiosity yeah. ever since your your great success here. And this is such a big tournament to win, to give you that kind of confidence. Yeah, I think 2018 players put an exclamation point on the work that I put in to get there. Um, I proved to myself that I still can win again out here. You know, it's been four and a half years since I won before. Um, and, and you start doubting a little. But I was bought into my process 100%, and I think that was the difference that kind of put me over the top to, to win here. And since then, you know, winning a couple more times, um, again, I've bought into my process. I don't sway from it too much at all, um, and I'm all in. And, and that has given me more opportunities to win on Sunday. Paul's a really good player. Be honest now, has he ever beaten you? He has. He beat me straight up at Augusta one year. I took him to Augusta. Shouldn't have taken him. <laughs> But he beat me fair and square. He's a good player. He's a great player. Yeah, very good. Well, you are, too. Good luck this Thank week, Thank you man. so much. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. And we appreciate being here, of course. You we'll have it. you hand that off to Bubba. I think yep. Bubba's going to stop by for a couple of moments, and then we'll let you guys run. So nice of Webb Simpson, Brittany Lincecum, and Bubba Watson to stop by, and it shows you how much they really love the Tesori family. They're certainly not here to come talk to me, but they're kind enough to do that Did as well. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate Bubba Watson stopping by. I, I don't know how deep your relationship is, Bubba, with uh, the Tesori family, but I know they appreciate you coming out. Uh, you, you're a big name out here, and I know the kids love seeing you as well. Uh, tell us a little bit of the story with you and Paul and why you're out here. Yeah, so um, 2000, me and Webb knew each other for, for a little while. And, you know, in 2011, we had a playoff um, at, at Zurich Classic. I don't know the name of it was in. I guess it was Zurich back then, too. But um, So I his ball rolled, and we go into a playoff, and I ended up winning. But, you know, me and Webb talked that day, and then spending time with Paulie and my caddy, who I've been with for since 06, um, Ted Scott. And so they're really good friends, Paulie and, uh, and Teddy. And so we just, over the years, got to know them, and, and strong Christian belief of their family and my family and Webb's family. We became really close. We do Bible study together. We do books together um, and talk about a lot of issues that we have going on in our lives, right? And, and you know, when, when they had Isaiah, uh, you know, there was a lot of um, scared times, didn't know what was going on, didn't know, you know, when a baby's being born, don't know what's all going on. And so, you know, we reached out to him and, and loved on him as best we could and as friends and forget golf. I mean, just as friends. And, uh, you know, I um, we put Isaiah in the group with us at the Masters Par 3 with Webb's. Webb's got a herd of kids now. What do you got now, like nine kids? And so eight. Okay. And so, um, you know, and my two adopted kids and, and Isaiah. And so we had a herd of kids, just like a school bus full of kids, you know. And um, so it was a blast uh, being able to do that. But but the friendships, like I said, it goes beyond golf. You know, once we become friends and, and everything, and Michelle, what she's been able to do, not just with their own foundation, but with other golfers, other people, other athletes, other people around the country, the the money she's helped raise for, for different causes um, is pretty special. And um, I, w- I would say easily I cry more than anybody, if people don't know that yet. So events like these, like I, I tear up real fast because – it just puts in perspective how blessed we truly are, you know, and um, and how 
how we need to use that in the right way. And and I know sometimes I might I might have in the past got a bad rap and stuff, but there's a lot of things I do behind the scenes that people don't know. And and you know my close friends know, but I don't like to to boast about it and stuff. And and I actually. I actually asked Paul if I could come, and he told me no. <laughs> and so on the 17th hole yesterday, Paulie, I asked him, I said, hey, are y'all still having the All-Star Clinic? And he said, said yes. I said, can I go? And he said, no. And um, the reason why he said no is because he safety, right? You know, everything that's going on in the world right now and the PGA Tour asking him to be safe and try not to get tour players over there just for safety reasons because um, of our, you know, bubble, you yeah. should say it. And so he told me no, and his wife they texted me and they said, "No, you're allowed to come." <laughs> and so Paulie got in trouble, but um, so yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's it's this is fun. Uh, just our group of friends, and then obviously when you have a friend uh, with a with a special needs child, um, you know, you just love on them differently, I guess you would say, because you know they're going through something that I've never had to experience. As even as an adoptive parent, I haven't had to experience what what the Tesoris have experienced, and. Um, and like I said, it's it goes way beyond uh, the game of golf. Yeah, that means nothing. A lot of big hearts around here, and I shouldn't assume everybody knows. I, I think you know the Tesori name in town, but little Isaiah, uh, born with Down syndrome, and man, he is awesome. He's a superstar, and I just assume everybody knows he is the star, but I want to remind you right. that, that's who we're referring to. He's just an awesome young man and uh, just a great family, and like you're saying, uh, all, all you guys connected. I think it's pretty cool the bond you all have personally, uh, caddies and players. It's yeah. not just the professional relationship. How's that place looking across the street, man? You ready to go? You know what? It's it's crazy. Um, maybe it's just we're, we're eager, you know, because we didn't really get to play it last year. Um, you got the tease of the one day. But, um, you know, it's in perfect shape. I've never seen it this good. Um, I know this is the... This is only my second time coming back at, at overseeded times, right? I was I came on right when they changed the date, and so getting back here, I've never seen this much grass. The greens were running way too fast on a Monday, um, and then it's been windy, so it made it even tougher. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it, it's going to be a great week, no matter how I play or how how anybody plays. It, there's going to be a great champion at the end of the week, and um, the golf course is going to again hold up the test. Um, it's just a beautiful, tough golf course that um that's in perfect shape this year i was thinking of this early today we're doing a tv show later tonight and i'm thinking about guys like some of the guys that have won this tournament uh, webb just mentioned it right it's all different kind of players mm. that have won the tournament are uh, the big name guys that won the tournament. we need bubba to win the tournament right we need exactly. bubba to win the players i mean what, can you win here i mean can you i know games and fits but this is like this is like daytona international speedway and the daytona 500 it's not one game it's not one fit it's not one guy can you get it done here? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things. You're, you're right. When you think about, like, racing, um, it's your it's your pit crew, right? Your pit crew's got to be there, and, and that means your support at home, your, your caddy, um, your mind's got to be in the right place. Um, you know, and then maybe when I had a bad shot, maybe think about the clinic, right? And and it changes my mindset going forward. But, um, you know, I played the last two days with uh, with Webb and Polly, and um, tried to just talk to them, see how they go about it. This one visually is tough for a lot of people. But you're right. When I walk down that hallway going to the range and you see all the winners' uh, pitchers, I mean, there's so you can look at greats of the game. You can look at people that that um, they're all great players, but maybe not in the Hall of Fame. And um, so it's crazy. Bombers, short hitters, medium hitters, people that putt really well, people that attack different spots. Um, so, yeah, it would be amazing to get my name on there. But, um, you know, it comes down to me. It comes down to trusting uh, my abilities on a, on a very difficult golf course. Um, and this golf course for me is very visually challenging um, to get my feels. And um, But hopefully, you know, 
All it takes is that one week, you know? Yeah, well, no doubt about it. One last one for you. Uh, Bubba Watson with us, Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690, live from Paul and Michelle Tesori Foundation, All-Star Kids Clinic. You're an entertainer, <laughs> that driver, the different shots you hit. Heck, man, I've been down in Augusta. I saw that shot. I know everybody reminds you about it, but it's still unbelievable. Do you still enjoy that part of this, of what you do, that, that you know people are kind of waiting for you to pull that driver out, what you're going to do with it? You know I do, and that's you know when you think about it, we're, I think sometimes we've lost it, and um, we've lost that athletes are entertainers. They're 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 the same thing as a movie star or a, or a musician. We're entertaining. That's what we're here for to do, and and um, so that's what I when I when I'm out there, especially on the range, I love to hit shots on the range and kind of get loosened up and see what what my ability are my abilities are that day going forward. And, um, yeah, I always want to. I always want to pull off that amazing shot. I think we all do. And we want to make that putt you can't make, or we want to make that chip that you can't make. Um, we want to hit the green on 17, you know. So we're all we're all looking for something in our head that we can pull off and be like, okay, I did that. And it's really more for us, not for the rest of the world. But now, obviously, if it's a really cool shot, like the Masters, you know, you tell everybody about it. You know, you let everybody know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. You should tell everybody forever. <laughs> hey, go tell everybody about some really good shots you hit this coming week. Good luck uh, at the Players' Championship. And we're really glad Paul, Michelle, and Isaiah allowed you to come today. Thanks yes, for, for sure. Man. For sure. Appreciate Thank it. you. Thanks, Again, Good Thank luck. You. That's Bubba Watson, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, uh, live from Sawgrass Country Club. Uh, he's terrific. Webb Simpson, we appreciate him stopping by as well. Brittany Lincecum. Uh, and we'll have some Paul Tesori chatter on the way. I mean, a really cool event out here to help the kids raise some money. And this is going on all across now, the PGA Tour, what Michelle and Paul Tesori have been able to do. Talk a little more football on the way, uh, more golf. How about gambling on golf? Every shot. What's that like? Is that going to be a thing? Is that a big thing? And who do you root for in golf these days? And some of those conversations along the way mixed in with a little more pigskin talk. We're live at Sawgrass Country Club, our Players' Championship coverage all week. Brought to you by Talent Wealth Management. And don't forget, go to ESPN690.com. Check out that Dream 18 card, 25% off this week only during Players' Championship week. Go get it on ESPN690.com. Now, the first alert forecast on ESPN 690. All right, here's how I start my day in the off season. I hope we're all brushing for two minutes. Smoothie time, blueberry, TV 12 protein, pumpkin seeds, one banana. I don't eat the ends, don't tell me. Electrolytes, obviously. Some chia seed, almond butter, and milk. Into the big blender. <laughs> is, That's cute. Is that Tom Brady? Oh, yeah. Uh, Stop. Is that you? Is that your diet? <laughs> hey, you call that a smoothie? I add about like 20 more different things to my smoothie than Tom Brady does. <laughs> uh, I'm not I bet impressed. you do. Yeah. How many calories are in one of your smoothies? Uh, realistically, probably 2,500 calories. All right. Do you want to hear the ingredients real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Peanut butter, uh, pea protein, oatmeal, chia seeds, flax seeds, apple cider vinegar. Um, coconut oil, um, frozen fruit, apples, green tomatoes. I mentioned the oatmeal already. Kale, arugula, yogurt. If I said peanut butter, peanut butter. And uh, oh, then I put like a a Pedialyte packet in there as well for some electrolytes. So, that, Tom, that, so Tom Brady's copying that sounds, me. That sounds daunting. It uh, is, man. 
Hey, the flax seeds and chia seeds, what do those do? Why does all, why do all those kind of drinks have that in it? So flax seeds for the fiber and chia seeds because, uh, for me personally, it helps me retain water, so it helps hydrate me more. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. I got it. There you go. Uh, how long does that take you to make? <laughs> oh, man. We're talking at least uh, 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then it takes me about an hour to drink it. Cause I was going to say, yeah. You drink. What time of day do you drink thick. that? Uh, 12.30. Man, you are one, – one day when you get off like this regimen – I'm not. Like you won't get off it? I'm not. just saying like in 10 years. Yeah. Like will you just like gain a lot of weight because you won't eat as religiously like you do or how will that impact your body? Realistically, once I do like get off like – because obviously I'm doing this right now because of MMA. Um, I'm still going to do the smoothie regardless, but I'm probably going to lose some weight because right now it's high calories and high carbs just because I burn all of it off. When I stop, you know, doing MMA, whatever day that's going to be, uh, I'll probably lose a little weight because I'm, I'm going to take the, the carbs out of it and still have everything else. So I got you. Yeah, uh, that makes some uh, that makes some sense, I guess. Hey, tell us your story real quick, um, or, or do you have a few minutes? We got to get this in. No, and it's Jason Sobel is going to join us. Uh, yeah, Kuz, you let me know if he's on. But I don't think he's on he's, yet. He's probably on right now. Oh, he is on. Oh, oh he's, he just got in. Okay. Me. Go ahead and bump uh, me again. No, yeah, it's fine. We'll, it's so fine. we'll bump you. We'll get you in on the next segment. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. <laughs> hey, no, I want Brent, you to be. We'll see you next week, man. Hey, you have a good weekend. <laughs> I have other players. <laughs> Listen, I'm done I'm, with this. I'm loaded up. Uh, I want yeah, sure. you to. I want you to be. Uh, I want you to share that story. I, you know, but, it's, it's gotten to the point now where we're hyping <laughs> it up so much. I could I could say something about Watergate 2.0 occurring right now, and nobody's going to care because we're hyping it up so much right now. But whatever. Let's bring in uh, Jason Sobel. For, I want you part of this, by the way. Jason Sobel from the Action Network uh, and uh, covers golf for Sirius XM as well, has a show with Michael Collins. Uh, Jason, what's happening, man? It's Players Week. What's going on, guys? I'm fired up for this one. I can't wait for this to get going tomorrow. Yeah, me either. We just talked to Webb Simpson and, and Bubba Watson. They're excited about it. The course looks unbelievable. Uh, by the way, follow Jason Sobel on social media. He's really fun follow, entertaining as he covers golf on a, on a weekly basis. Hey, you're in the kind of the gambling game, uh, right? I mean, the, this action network, and really golf has turned right into that, like squarely with this every shot live stuff. What's the correlation? Educate us a little bit on that. Yeah, there's so much going on, and it's moving so fast, really on a daily, weekly basis. Uh, but so many people have gotten into it. I would say just in the past year, we've talked so much this week about the Players' Championship being where everything shut down a year ago and where golf went away for three months. When it did come back, there were really no other sports being played. And so I think a lot of people who said, well, I'm a casual golf fan. I watch the major championships. I watch the players, but I don't. I don't bet it. I don't get into it on a daily basis. Well, now they started doing that with no other sports going on. So I think that really helps the betting markets and getting more people interested. And then there's the fact that it's just a fun sport to bet. You get four days as opposed to uh, just three hours like a football game. You get so many players, 156 in the field this week as opposed to just betting two different teams. And so there are so many different possible combinations to wager every week that that makes it a lot more fun. And then there's the fact that, like you mentioned, the PGA Tour is all in. The PGA Tour is very involved in what is going on in the gambling world. They have four different official betting operators. We at the Action Network have a partnership with the PGA Tour. And as you mentioned, every shot live this week. That's not just for your entertainment value. That is because (laughs) uh, people will be sweating out bets watching certain players that 
maybe weren't on TV the entire time. Well, and Jason, you mentioned it a little bit. Like, back in the day, okay, I think this guy's going to win. I'm going to lay down a bet. But now it's changed so much. I mean, there's various bets that you can make. Like, what's, like, the hottest thing right now going in the betting community that, uh, you know, that the guys are all about in terms of wagering some money down, I guess? So I will tell you that on a regular basis, 95%, just about, of the money from the public, the guys were like, yeah, I want to throw a few bucks down, have you know, maybe I win something on a Sunday afternoon. Those are going towards outright bets, which is basically just I put down $5. This player was 100 to 1. If I win, if he wins the golf tournament, it's going to be $500 in my pocket come Sunday afternoon. Pretty easy to understand. Yeah. 95% of the money from the sharp bettors, the guys that are doing this either professionally or at least doing this to turn a regular profit, are on things other than outrights. They're on matchups. They're on prop bets. They're on uh, other things where they may not be as exciting, but that's probably more of where you can turn a profit on things. So as I always tell people, it depends on what kind of better you want to be. I tell people all the time, before you start betting on golf, figure out what the end game is. Is the end game just to make money? Well, sure, we all want to make money, but is it only to turn a profit? Well, don't bet anything other than maybe like top 30s at even money and at some point, like, you're going to figure out you can turn a profit. If you're doing it for the entertainment value because you want a lottery ticket on a Sunday afternoon and you want to bet a guy on Thursday morning who has a chance to win the golf tournament Sunday afternoon, go ahead and do it. But you're not going to win those as much as you are the other ones, of course. Absolutely. Jason Sobel with us from the Action Network, also a radio show on Sirius XM. Jason, uh, you know, you've covered golf for a long, long time. As it comes to uh, golf in general, the fact of gambling being involved with it, all the relationships and partnerships around the world that I don't even think the casual golf fan knows exists with the PGA Tour, places like Golf TV, all these other things. How healthy is this sport right now? And by the way, on top of it, golf is booming at public courses because of the pandemic. I mean, is this as healthy as you can remember it? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say that it's healthier than the Tiger Woods prime years when we were getting people who had never watched golf before. It was almost like Happy Gilmore, people who said, you know, I, I didn't pay attention to golf, but, hey, this guy, he's really interesting. I want to go watch him. And so it's really hard to say that it's more popular or it's becoming more popular than back then, but certainly what helps is the betting component. I know a lot of people right now, friends of mine, acquaintances, who uh, they're betting on golf. They're asking me on a weekly basis, hey, who should I bet on? And they're asking because they don't watch that much golf, but they're getting more into it because they have a personal investment. They have an engagement in the product, and I think that's so important for getting the game into the next generation, getting the game past just the diehard golf fans. And, yes, you're right, uh, the game itself beyond the PGA Tour is something where, you know, we've seen top golf uh, just absolutely take off over the last few years. And I think uh, what a lot of people have said is, you know, it's really fun on a Friday night to go out there, have a beer or two, hit some balls into the dark sky and try to put them into one of those, uh, those little corners that they have, the little wheels on the uh, on, on the field out there. And so uh, all of a sudden you say, well, you know what? This is kind of fun. Maybe I actually want to play real golf. And during the pandemic, you're absolutely right. People said, man, I was stuck inside. I had nothing to do. I wasn't going to the office. I need to get outside. I need to do something. But I want to stay safe. I want to be socially distant. What can I do? Golf is the perfect activity for it. And so it's grown in that way as well. 
Austin, uh, real quick, Austin, just it, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, gam- gambling was a faux pas. It's not anymore. Like you can talk about it. Like we can talk about this now that we couldn't five years ago. Even it felt like in most places, Florida's yeah. probably going to take a while to catch up in that regard in terms of legalizing and all that stuff. But we're seeing it explode, and you just can't deny, Austin, the game that you played for a living for a few years in the NFL exploded in part because of gambling and like fantasy football, which is kind of a source of gambling. Well, no, and, and it's great that. You know, whether it's the PGA, whether it's the NFL, like they're all embracing it now. Like they're not going to turn a blind eye and be naive to it because there's money to make for everybody, and it's only going to help things out. So I'm glad they're finally embracing it um, and celebrating it because people are going to do it regardless if they if they catch on or not. Jason, I'm I'm the casual, casual, casual golf fan of the show here, and my co-host is more of the expert. But all the time I hear about you know. TPC Sawgrass. It's it's anybody's tournament, right? Like it, it doesn't favor any type of player. In terms of betting, how hard does that make it then? When you can't really like, obviously there's favorites and then there's and there's pros, pros. But like, how hard is it to try to narrow it down a little bit between who you like for this tournament, knowing that the field is so open, anybody can essentially win it. It's a great question. First of all, I want to backtrack just a second because I think it's a great point to be made. The comparison with the NFL, whereas. 20 years ago, someone might have said, hey, who's the tight end for the Bengals? And they go, I, I don't know who the tight end for the Bengals is. <laughs> now you go, oh, he, he's, you know, he's got a lot of upside. They like him in the red zone. I took him in the ninth round of my fantasy draft, and I play him in DraftKings all the time. And so we have become a more educated society as fans, and that's become the same thing with golf. A few years ago, we only cared about the superstars. We cared about Tiger and Rory and Phil and Jordan, and not too many guys past that. Now... People care about all 156 guys in the field because they have a personal investment on them. As far as this week, you're absolutely right, because we've seen over the last two decades legends, and we've seen one-hit wonders. We've seen old guys, we've seen young guys. We've seen big hitters, we've seen short knockers. And so this is, in my mind, has always been the toughest of the events every year to try to handicap and try to prognosticate How do you go about doing it? I think one thing you can look at is recent form. I went back and looked, and every winner of the Players' Championship over the past decade has finished 22nd or better in his uh, most recent start coming into this one. So we're looking for guys who are in some semblance of form, have played well recently, and can take that form, take some momentum into this one. So it's not impossible to figure out, but, yeah, you're right. It's more difficult uh, than most other events uh, we see during the year. You can follow uh, Jason Sobel at Jason Sobel, T-A-N, that's capital T-A-N, and uh, maybe get some more tips on who you might pick this week. Is there is there a way you're going, like, is there this, like, long shot, like a Kentucky Derby kind of long shot that you might play or advise or you like so far this week, Jason? There are a ton of them. That's the problem. <laughs> I wish there was only one. Uh, we've seen over the years, I mentioned uh, seeing some long shots. Siwoo Kim was 400 to 1 wow. when he won just a few years ago. Tim Clark was 100 to 1. Craig Parks, I'm not even sure they had odds for Craig Parks back in the day when he won, but he might have been 1,000 to 1. So, yeah, it's worth it to look down the list a little bit. A few guys that I like Keegan Bradley, Chris Kirk, Emiliano Grillo. Uh, Harold Varner III, all guys who have had some success on PGA Tour, some more than others, but guys that are all triple-digit odds coming into this one that I think can have a really good week. Let me ask you this one last question. Give me, We were talking about the every shot and being able to gamble on different things. Give me something like kind of 
minute that you'd be like, wow, you can really put like five bucks on that? Oh, man. How about this week, the 17th hole? They've got all sorts of 17th hole props. Depending on what book you look at, you can get an over-under on the number of balls in the water. You can get the over-under on the number of holes in one at 17. So I think there's a lot of really fun things you can do with that. Quite honestly, the combinations are limitless. I can't wait till a day, and we're not quite there yet, but at some point in the not-too-distant future, uh, you're going to have not just matchups with, okay, Rory McIlroy against Justin Thomas, guys who are uh, like-minded players, but you're going to say, hey, I want to get Rory McIlroy against so-and-so who just got into the field the other day. I'm going to take Rory minus seven and a half at even money against this player and see how that plays out over the course of a few days. I think that stuff would be really fun as well. That's a lot of fun. Jason Sobel, follow him at the Action Network, Sirius XM as well. Hey, man, love your stuff. Thanks for jumping on for a few minutes with us. You guys, thanks, guys. Have a great week there. Yeah, appreciate it. That's Jason Sobel here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. <laughs> Get you thinking, don't we, Austin? A little bit, man. I mean, I'm not a degenerate, so like I'm not like I mean, uh, you know. But come on, 17 balls in the water. That sounds kind of fun around that iconic hole. It, it, it really does, man. Like now, I'm like, well, do it. I'm gonna be watching this thing during my like before my fight. I'm gonna be watching it in the locker room, really like amped it. up. Yeah. All right, hey, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go where you want to go here. We just gotta take a break first. Hey, you know what? I mean, I've I've been bumped by Drew Brees before. <laughs> But I've never been bumped back-to-back-to-back days. That's where we're going right now. It's all good, though. Hey, we are locked and loaded and having a lot of fun with it. Sawgrass Country Club is where we are, uh, where the original Players' Championship was played, uh, at least in this area, back in 1977. Right across the street, our Players' Championship coverage brought to you by Talon Wealth Management. We'll have your money minute along the way. And Austin dives into what, what he's been is, waiting for. for what time is days. the Money Minute going to be so I know right now? Yeah, just go grab a sandwich. We'll be back. Okay. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Shake up that shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our live Players Championship coverage brought to you by Talent Wealth Management and it's the perfect time to bring in our friend Mike Lester from Talent Wealth Management with the Money Minute right now on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Mike, hope you're doing well, and I'll tell you what, that market continues to do well, now well over 32,000. Yeah, almost 32,300 here, so uh, we're breaking records. It feels good, unless you're uh, heavily invested in the NASDAQ, because that's headed in the opposite direction. We've had a pretty significant correction here. What does that mean uh, for the people you talk to, the questions they might ask? Well, you know, it depends on your overall allocation. If you're a technology uh, investor, uh, you're feeling a lot of pain right now compared to other people being pretty happy about uh, new highs and and things like large cap stocks or uh, like the Dow or S&P, which is market cap weighted to large cap anyway. So we're breaking records. Um, But listen, uh, we all knew technology, if you were paying attention, um, it had done very, very, very well uh, over the past year. Um, So if you look at your, your sort of annual return there, you're not negative for the year. But it's been a tough couple of weeks, uh, and people are wondering uh, what they should do. What I'd say is uh, it, it's pretty normal. It's natural for anything that's overbought, which uh, technology was pretty normal for it to have a pullback or a correction. Uh, technically, a correction is considered uh, a 10% drop from whatever the, the, uh, the most recent high was, and we've already had that happen. Um, but typically, if the economy's strong, um, you know, a correction is the, the next step to a, another new high. So, 
with all the money that's going to be spent here, you know, another thing to talk about, obviously, is um, uh, the stimulus bill being passed and checks going out and people getting shots and uh, being vaccinated, going back to work, spending money. Um, you know, things probably look pretty good for a while. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, what markets do when they decide to figure out how to pay for all this. Um, they haven't come up with that part yet, but uh, for now, markets should do pretty well. Well, if you have any questions, make sure you give Mike Lester with Town Wealth Management a call. Complimentary analysis and plan, 904-515-5000, or visit guardingyournestegg.com. You can listen to Mike and Guarding Your Nest Egg on Saturday mornings, 9 o'clock, right here on ESPN 690 as well. Mike, appreciate the time. Thanks for the money minute. Hey, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Mike Lester with Town Wealth Management. We appreciate Town Wealth Management for their sponsorship of our Players' Championship coverage live on location this week during Players' Week. All right, Austin Lane, let's do it, man. Get to it. Here it is. What's the story? We've been sitting on it for three days. Apologies for lack of time, but now you got plenty of it. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to tell this story just out of spite, but I'm going to be a professional, and I'm going to carry on because I promise it, and I always deliver my promises. All right, so this past Saturday, Brent, if you remember UFC 259, the main event was Israel Adesanya taking on Jan Blachowicz. Now, Jan Blachowicz was a plus 200 underdog. I thought Style Bender was going to beat him. I was wrong. Blachowicz retains his 205-pound belt. But the crazy thing about Jan Blachowicz that nobody is talking about, because, well, it's pretty messed up, is his pre-fight traditions. And when we talk about a pre-whatever tradition any sport, this is by far the craziest story that I've ever heard, and it checks out. It's true. Are you ready for it? I am ready. I can't wait. I don't. I haven't read anything about it, honestly. Well, and, and truth so be I'm told, waiting for you. It's a little hard to find because you don't see ESPN touting this story. Because once again, it's a little messed up, but I, I can definitely tell the story. It's just crazy. So let's go back to 2017, quick. Jan Blahovitz just got beat by a guy by the name of Patrick Cummings, who is kind of like a journeyman in the UFC. Uh, I think he was the favorite of that fight. He gets beat. He's on a two-fight losing streak, looking like the UFC is going to actually cut him. He goes on a walk before his last fight of his last contract. He goes on the walk. He's from Poland, mind you. He goes on the walk through the woods like he always does before a fight, and he finds a guy hanging in the woods, okay? He goes to the guy hanging in the woods and asks if he's okay. Well, obviously he's not. This guy chose to take his own life. So Jan Blachowicz had to call the police. The police came to get the guy down, and he had to stay there and obviously give his testimony. But then when the guy, when the police took him down, the policeman offered, hey, do you want the rope that the guy was hanging from? And Jan Blachowicz was like, why would I do that? And it turns out, in Polish culture, if someone was to hang themselves, if you take the rope, it, it's good luck. So Jan Blachowicz looks this up on Google, finds out that it's true, calls the police department, and they send him the rope. He then proceeds to make like a necklace that he ties around his gym bag with the rope. Since he did that, he's won nine of his last ten fights and is now the UFC 200, you know, the 205-pound champion. And before every one of his fights, before he travels to Las Vegas or I think when he was there fighting in Abu Dhabi, he goes back to the spot where he, he found that guy hanging in the woods. He says a prayer, and then he goes to get ready for his fight. It is the strangest pre-fight routine I've ever heard. Um, obviously, it's working because, he's, like I said, he's won nine of his last ten fights. But how bizarre is that? And, and he carries the rope wherever he goes. In sports, I think, and especially in baseball, I know, because when I was in college, we had this phrase called hold the rope. 
Yeah. Meaning stay in it all together. Yes. I don't think that's how it was intended. <laughs> no. No, not by any means. And the fact this is like a Polish tradition where it's good luck, I don't want to go to Poland anytime soon now if that's good luck there. But, hey, it's got me thinking if I'm going to win the next nine out of the next ten days, yeah. I might look into it. You might have to, man. It's just, it's such a bizarre story. And like I said, he goes back to that site before every single fight for good luck. And he carries that rope wherever he goes. What a, what a wild story to begin with. That yeah. That he would find somebody there. Yeah. And then... To, and then the, the police officer gives you the rope, like suggests it? Yeah, and then he doesn't give it to him and still will send it to you. Yeah. And on top of that, it isn't, it's a tough, I'm trying to figure out how ESPN or UFC or anybody could tell the story. And it is kind of a tough one to tell. Yeah, no, for a, sure. It's not a, something you want to brag about. It, that's a tough illustration of his story. I want to Google a little bit more. I wonder if somebody's ever gone out there with him. Check that out, man. I don't know. It's weird, though. But, yeah, pretty strange. But it works for him. Yeah. Um, you got the story. It was well worth the wait, by the way. Good, good. I'm glad you liked that It one. was really good. It was well worth it. I'm glad you I'm liked glad it. glad we stuck around for Yes, that. yes. Hey, stick around for another hour. We'll have some football at 5. We'll bump Boston out of the way a couple more times. <laughs> And we'll get some predictions for the Players' Championship and a thought or two on his fight coming up in a few days since this is Austin's last show before he goes and gets a W on Saturday in Orlando. It's coming up live from Sawgrass Country Club. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, our Players' Championship coverage, brought to you by Talent Wealth Management. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.